What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. morning good afternoon good evening wherever the case may be wherever you're tuning in from thank you for joining us for a postponed delayed slightly delayed red fellas episode of course the lads wanted to celebrate new year's eve with their friends and family in style of course i obliged because that's the kind of friend stroke brother stroke family that we have at the at, at, at football carnage but of course, I'm a hard taskmaster and I asked them to come back on New Year's Day and speak on Liverpool Football Club because, ladies and gentlemen, there is a Premier League title to be won. That doesn't mean I am saying we will win it. I am saying there's a Premier League title to be won. And January the 1st, 2024, Liverpool Football Club sit on top of the league table. I made a mistake of tweeting from the Big Six account saying five points clear. I've been corrected since, but I'll say it again. We're five points clear. Respect to Villa, and Conroy may have other things to say, of course, forever the underdog, but we're realistically five points clear of Man City with a game in hand. So make of that what you will. People, thank you very much for joining us. Smash the like. 
button on your way in. Hope you guys are all doing well. Happy New Year from everyone at Football Carnage. We wish you all a happy, prosperous, safe new. Hope everyone's been well. We have Conroy, we have Cav, we have Mush joining us. Uh, Conroy and Cav, you guys already know for Red Fellas. Mush is making his debut on Red Fellas, but he's been on numerous shows on the channel. Um, welcome. This is um, this is your Kwanzaa moment. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm hoping to to rise to the occasion like <laughs> our boy Garel has throughout the season. So. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got a lot to live up to if Kwanzaa is the benchmark, man. But yeah, delighted to be on with the boys. Delighted to be top of the league. Gonna be so fast. I never thought a game would be so stressful when it was our best performance of the season and one of the most dominant displays. But that was uh that was the entirety of what we want from this team this season, summed up in a game that was. So oh, yeah, absolutely. you know you're spot on, Mush. You're spot on. That was Con, I, I don't know what, I don't know what, to, I, I'm really tired, Con. Like, I honestly, no, 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 no. I'm feeling really drained after that one game. Because, like Mush says, that's in, encapsulated Liverpool Football Club this season. I actually thought we were so good in that first 30 minutes because Newcastle have had a rest. If we had played Newcastle, Conroy, a week or two ago, that would have been a par performance against Newcastle away. Newcastle have had a lot of injuries coming back, a whole week to prepare for this game. They set up in a, they took out a defender, brought in an extra midfielder. This was supposed to be a much trickier game than it would have been two weeks ago. But I thought Liverpool started off like an absolute house on fire. Yeah, no, I think they did. I think I, I'd agree with everyone uh, I've seen online after the game and some of the punditry as well that in general, the performance tonight was probably the most key thing to look at because we've got we've only lost one game this season. We've got a lot of results, but ultimately I think we'd all agree any honest Liverpool fan have said there's been a lot of poor spells and matches or poor performances in general or it's just not been up to standard. Um, but I feel like tonight it was a lot of those things, especially even chance creation. Like we talk about the Manchester United game, but ultimately I don't think we created many clear-cut chances. I think stats can can blur the waters, can can blur, muddy the waters, that's the word at times. But today it was a lot of, a lot of chances. I've actually forgot the stat. I meant to get the stat before I came on, guys, about um, the amount of shots. I think that was the most... Yeah. most shots on target this season or something like that uh, and it was only scored four goals from it so it, it was a, a great performance but I think in general going into this game a little bit more confident for myself because I actually, I actually quite like um, Newcastle are quite impressive tactically this season they have been in certain games especially in some of the bigger games but if you've watched the last two games Notts Forest um, at home and looking away I've been plagued by injuries and to be honest the team looks generally quite quite exhausted. Uh, you've seen that with Anthony Gordon tonight especially as well. So I felt like we could have got at them and we did. Technically we did at the start um, but I know we're going to speak about it and we all said off camera at times this fixture just seems to have a bit of drama just you know attached to it in general. I don't know guys like I, our managers are motive our, the clubs are motive that's what we do we get involved but that I've said before that brings strengths and weaknesses. It means at times there should be control and it's maybe too too emotional when it should be more controlled. But ultimately, we're gonna we're gonna digest it and speak about it. But we got the result, and that at the end of the day, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, that will that is what all will matter, Cav. And of course, we mm. will discuss if it's sustainable and where we're at. But we have to we have to say, Cav, at the end of 
again at the end of the day. I think I'm going to try to break the record for at the end of the days in the show today. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, other teams are not where we are. Man City are not where we are. Arsenal are not where we are. And forget the rest. So at the end of the day, it is what counts. Um, oh my God, do Liverpool like raising the blood pressures of many a support all around the world. Yeah, look, we we can talk about the season and performances that have gone by. And um, there has been some stinkers in there. There's been some bore fests in there. There's been very little, you know, complete 90-minute performances that you can be truly happy with. But at the end of the day, we've been better than the rest because that's what the table shows, you know. So it doesn't matter how you get the points. The only thing that matters is that you do at the end of the day. And, and Liverpool have more so than everybody else this far. So that's reasons to be positive. I think... Um, in terms of the overall the performance, we'll get into the, the particulars, but overall the performance, there was just there was just excitement there. And that's what I wanted to see because we've speaking spoke for you know a few times now about how we are in this title race, how we are excited about this team, and how we are seeing glimpses of what this team can be and what we can be moving forward. But we need it to click. We need some things to start happening and, and getting it correct. And we also need Anfield on side and, and we need to start you know, harnessing this sort of momentum that we've got. And today, yes, we conceded a couple of goals, but overall, I feel like we just started to ride that sort of wave, that momentum that we were able to build. And I've been asking for weeks on end for Liverpool to carry momentum from game to game and actually start games off positively instead of trying to build into games. And that's what we did in today's game. So I've seen a lot of what I've personally been asking for for weeks on end. Um, of course, there's improvement to come. But I, I just think that we're really now starting to find our groove a little bit. We're starting to get a little bit more confident. Players are finding their feet. It feels like we're taking the next step in, in this evolution. So I was pleased with what I seen today overall. Um, yeah, look, you speak about getting in the groove. Uh, Shane, channel member, says, can we also talk about Klopp and then the energy show? You can tell what music. We will absolutely discuss that. Mm -hmm. Um uh, Philippe H, our, our resident Newcastle fan, says, no issues, you are better. Salah elite centre-back is a must. I think he means for us or for you? I think he means for Liverpool, I'm assuming. But thank you for the super chat, Philippe. Mm. Uh, for sure, we were much better. Um, some stupid, stupid Twitterati uh, are suggesting Liverpool were lucky with a couple of shots. I don't know if football's for them. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not sure it's for you. Like, it's not, it's not for you. Like, Try something else in your pastime. Mm. But thank you for the super chat, Philippe. I really appreciate your love and support as always. And you're always a very fair, fair Newcastle fan as well from our interactions. Um, I'm going to come to you because, Kev, I'm going to come to you with the team lineup because um, he talks about, um, Kev talks about consistency. We seem to find a groove. And I think it's fair to say, Mush, we've kind of, uh, oh, where's the, there it is. We've, we've kind of, Going into games, knowing what seven or eight at least of the lineup's going to be. And in my opinion, Mush, when it gets to the serious part of the season, which is now onwards, I think that's always a good base to work from where you know eight, nine of your starting lineup. And I think we're there now. Would you agree? Yeah. And I think that the place where that becomes most important and, and what Cav was talking about, about momentum, first, that obviously comes with players playing, but also. One thing that I have noticed so much since I would say the Arsenal game in particular 
is that these players have now trained more and more with this team, worked with these coaches now for three, four months, and our pressing looks super, super coordinated. Oh, yes. It's oh, not yes. just it's not just energy. It's about everybody knows when the triggers are, how many people should go, how to win that ball, and it and that only happens when players are playing together. But also knowing that, for example, if I'm if I'm Endo and I want to go and press the ball. If I always think about, oh, if I do this wrong, I might not play next week. I don't think you go in wholeheartedly in your performances. And I think some of these players, Joe Gomez, for example, knowing that Simicas and Robertson are out, I'm going to be playing every week so I can go wholehearted in my defending as well. I think we're seeing a lot of that now, which is players know they're going to play. And that is why they're a lot free in the in their thoughts. So, yeah, man, um, I, I really thought, the selection for me, if if I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm, I'm a big, big, big Harvey Elliott advocate, and to I, and I don't want to use confirmation bias just because he didn't play well today. But my kind of thinking has been that there's nothing that Dominic Sabozlai is doing which is justifying why Harvey Elliott shouldn't be playing, and there, that's not a that's not an insult to Sabozlai. He's 22 years old. A player cannot play well for 40, 50 games in a season. If he's having a 10-game period, that's off. And Harvey's red hot when he comes on. I thought, you know, if momentum is the key word we're discussing, why are we disrupting Harvey Elliott's when when he's obviously riding the wave of some form here? So that was the only one in terms of selection that I disagreed with a bit. And I guess the other one, uh, we've all discussed it. I mean, I, I listen to this show. I, I listen to all the all the Carnage shows and. Diaz has obviously been a big issue of contention. It's not we want him to play badly, but a player who is not scoring for 10, 12 games and not having an effect, it would be, would have been justified if he didn't play. But what I will say, and we'll go into it in more depth, I'm sure, he had a game that completely flipped his season today, I thought, Luis Diaz. And, and he really needed that game for himself, yeah. as well as getting the crowd back on side. So, yeah, man, those, those are my thoughts on the lineup. Kwan, um, by the way, just another reminder for smashing the likes. Are you lot mad? Like 50, 60, 50 likes, over 230 of you guys in here. Come on, guys. We need a better ratio than that. You're showing me Nunes levels of uh, finishing there, guys. Come on, man. We need we need Jota levels of consistency here. Come on, guys. Get those, get those likes percentages up. Kwan, Mush talks about his bone of contention in terms of the lineup being Harvey Elliott. I get it. I get it. Uh, but I, I just think Harvey Elliott is in that zone in terms of where he's making such an impact off the bench. I think Jurgen Klopp tried to be one step ahead. He knew that Newcastle were going to pick a big, tall, strong, powerful midfield. I just think it, you know, the size of Elliott unfortunately works against him in these kind of situations. Not only because, no, no, he's absolutely perfect on the ball and he can play that, you know, creation role and connecting role. But in terms of set pieces, with Mohamed Salah in the team as well, and then... Grizz, uh, Grizz, I, I was going to say, sorry, that the only thing I did think that gave me peace of mind with Elliot was that he has been a key player in all of the other competitions. And I think because we're going to the Emirates, he's going to be almost going to be... He's going to be needed. Most, yeah, he's going to be the most responsible one on the ball. And I think Klopp wants Elliot to be 100%. So uh, he needs to flip it into an, a compliment to, to no, Elliot. No, absolutely. And I, think, and I think you're absolutely right to... To make a case for Harvey Elliott. I'm not denying that. Absolutely, I agree with you to make a case for him. But for me, 
I think the team picked itself pretty much apart from uh, the Diaz and Gakpo scenario, right? Con, mm. did you was you okay with that? Uh, come to you first. Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I actually uh, I hear Mushy's point on on Elliot. I think um, that question will probably come up again, you know, consistently in the next couple of games as well. I do think though he has had such a good impact off the bench in certain games, and he's maybe had one or two where he's played well from the start, but it's not consistently. But then you could spin that argument to say Sabozlai has been, you know, very poor in the last five yeah. six games. So quite until to go for it. I would maybe look at the point as well, though. I think every inward corner from the left, Sabozlai was on them. I think we had five in the first half. So I don't know if there's maybe a bit of set-piece um, knowledge as well going for that, because usually it's Trent on that side, but he, uh, he puts Sabozlai on, I think, four we had in the first half. Maybe that comes into consideration. I would say as well, that you know set-pieces when it comes to Newcastle, ironically, we defend terribly and yeah. for the second goal. That maybe came into it. But I don't know if it's maybe one of them. It's, you know, I, I don't think Klopp uses price on players like he does doesn't see he's a 60 million player needs to start because he'd never done that with Nunez last season to be fair or you know what games when he's taken never know with Peter I'll, either yeah you know it, it wouldn't do that but I'll, what I would say is I think with suppose like it, 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 I get the impression at times that he definitely seems to be quite a confidence player uh, and now maybe every player's like that to a certain extent, but I felt like he maybe thought today because Newcastle weren't in great form, he'd have a bit of space at the edge of the box, you know, to try and dictate and try and kind of play himself into form. So when I saw the team sheet, I thought we'd have a lot of the ball like we did, and I think Klopp has maybe seen that as a as a good chance to kind of play himself back into form. Ultimately, we'll discuss if that happened or not. But I had no problems with the lineup to be honest. I, I felt the way that first half went, chance creation wise. As much as I've said our performances haven't been great, I felt like this was a good time to play Newcastle um, for me. Um, so yeah, no, no problems with the, the lineup from my side, Chris. Um, have anything from you before we get into the action? And I guess I'll come to you for the opening 20, 25 minutes. Like um, we just discussed, or I've just discussed the Diaz Gakpo scenario, but mm -hmm. it was Luis Diaz who took the game by the scruff of the neck in that opening 20 minutes. He scores an offside goal. He wins a penalty numerous times. He gets the better of a very, very good fullback in Liveramento. Very highly thought of Liveramento. Um, mm -hmm. Luis Diaz. <sighs> Luis Diaz. We were waiting for him to come back in form. And I agree with many people saying that this is the time when we needed him to step up with Mohamed Salah mm -hmm. now off to Afcon. That opening 20, 30 minutes was, was vintage Luis Diaz. Yeah, yeah. You guys talk about his selection in the team and whether Gakpo maybe was a better option. But like you say, with Salah going off now for uh, AFCON, you need uh, Diaz to get back to some kind of form because we're going to be somewhat reliant on him to sort of chip in with the goals now and the assists. So he's got to play his way back into form, which is why I kind of was OK with him starting these games. Um, on the Elliot point, he might be an option for us while Salah's away as well. So perhaps why we sort of reluctant to put him in the starting lineup because he's an option in both positions. I think Sabozalai might have picked up a, a hamstring injury as well in this game. So that's also going to add to the the need for Elliot to be available. Um, but on the start of the game, I think I've just from the very, very first seconds, we were just on it. Mush talks about the press. The press was there. The counter press was there. The high line was, was in force. Everybody to a man looked like they knew who they were chasing down. They knew what the triggers were and they looked rampant. You could you could almost get a sense that they they knew that Arsenal had dropped points and there was yeah. there was uh, a capitalization that they wanted to to get. And um and it just looked like they were on it from the off. And we were just not only pressing well, not only 
engaging in the challenges, not only winning uh, all the duels on the ground and in the air, but once we got the ball as well, it was slick. It was yeah. fluid, you know. There's suddenly there was a Endo. Credit to Endo for that as well. I thought he was so forward thinking in everything he did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I will perhaps talk about Endo, but what I loved about yeah. his performance, not only in the challenge and winning the ball back, but also when we were playing out from the back, he was a little, he always offers himself as an option to receive the ball short. But actually, there was occasions where he went beyond the midfield and, and there was a through, couple of times a through ball was played through him and bypassed the Newcastle midfield. And he found himself almost in like the 10, 8 positions. And then he just keeps the ball ticking over. I think positionally on and off the ball today, he was brilliant, really, really good. And it's going to be a loss as well, him going off to the Asia games. But just on the start, it was fluid. It was slick. I felt like Trent was decision-making when to come in field, when to go wide was perfect. Everybody was getting on the ball. And Diaz was just the standout star because he just, he was getting on the ball. He suddenly, I don't know where the confidence came from, but he just looked like he was going to beat everybody. He was going to take everybody on. He was going to just dribble around you and he was going to make things happen. And he just played super, super confidently as if he was a man in form. You know, he played like a little bit of a man possessed, to be honest, in that first half an hour. And everything that sort of came about, you talk about the the offside goal and the penalty, it was it was the team was playing well, but he was the, the guy that was making things happen in the box as well. So Brilliant from him. And I'd just like to add, I feel like Curtis Jones playing behind him perhaps played its part as well because he offers us a real balance in midfield, both defensively and offensively. And he's his decision-making at the minute as to when he plays the ball and when he carries the ball and his link-up play with the forward and the left winger, Diaz on this occasion, is brilliant. It really is brilliant. And I think that helped Diaz today. This is my fault. Because I didn't send, I wrote out the agenda and I didn't send it because you've jumped the gun. Because I know sorry. you need to get in, <laughs> but you know you've jumped the gun because I went to Curtis Jones. No, nothing. Sorry about. I know because I know you I know when you know a performance and you want to speak on it. And I and I know you was edging to speak about <laughs> Curtis Jones, and we will speak on Curtis Jones. But just very quickly on that opening spell, Mosh, where did that Diaz? Because Cav talks about the confidence suddenly because we saw a broken man against Arsenal. On the sub yeah. bench, he looked really distraught and fed up. Like this is not me. Questions were being asked, rightly so. He's at a massive club with part of a five-man attack that needs to perform. Otherwise, you're going to be substitute. What, it, what is it? A confidence thing? Like I'm saying, where did it come from? Is it a Curtis Jones enabling him? Joe Gomez, Curtis Jones giving stability on that left side for Luis Diaz to progress and do what he does does best and run at players, be exciting. Has Jurgen Klopp had a word? What is it? Where did that come from? Because we haven't seen that performance in a while. Yeah, I, I think the um, psychological side is, is definitely hard to assess, right? Because ultimately, unless you're speaking to a player, you know how he's feeling. Obviously, we know what's happened off the pitch, but we don't know where his head is at personally on a, on a performance level. What I will say on a playing level, because, you know, however, you know, lower level I have played, I, one thing I do understand, especially when you play in the wide positions and you play how Diaz plays, there's a big difference between receiving the ball, being still, and receiving the ball whilst already being on the move. And one thing I noticed about today was rather than take a touch, stand flat-footed, and then have to generate all of that power to do anything, he was receiving the ball as he was moving. And, okay. and, and a big difference I noticed with Diaz was there are certain players in your team who play at the level that everyone else is playing. And what Diaz seemed to be doing is every time he received the ball, he would change the pace of how we're playing. 
So he was almost like that net positive every time he got it. We'd be moving side to side. Side Diaz would think, rather than me go back to the fullback, I'm going to try play a one-two inside and we're going to go forward. And those are the choices. Guys, we, we love the best version of Diaz and those are the best choices about Diaz when he does something different that makes a defender do his job differently because he's worried about all the different options that Diaz takes. So that's what I loved, man. Diaz looked dynamic today. He looked like he was making the defender go where he wanted rather than a fullback leading him into positions where he could deal with him well. And that that was a just a refreshing and, and like Cav said, perfect timing because we're going to need someone to take on that mantle when, when Mo goes off to AFCON. So couldn't have come uh, at a better time. Quan, um, the, the goal is disallowed. Rightly, Nunes is offside. We're gonna we're gonna get into Nunes chat, I guess, probably now. Um, yeah. And then we get a penalty. What, what was your thoughts on the penalty? Um, again, Luis Diaz dazzling, run into the box. Um, a bit of a delayed reaction, part one. We're gonna talk about delayed reactions. I think it's gonna be the theme of the of the penalties. <laughs> well, what was your thoughts uh, on the penalty? And then Mohamed Salah that. We're not going <laughs> to. Mohamed Salah will continue to take the penalties. We know this. We know this. But Mohamed Salah, again, I'll repeat, is not a great penalty taker. Yeah. So the first one, the pen. Yeah. And I think as soon as I saw it, I thought it was a pen. Um, they went on about a delayed reaction. I think it's kind of the way the challenge is, to be honest. Maybe it's slightly delayed, but I feel like it's. He's caught him at awkward. It's a foul. It's a penalty. I mean, in football as well, it's like the way the game goes as well, if it is a foul, you, you do tend to need to go down, especially when it's a clear foul like that, because you're not going to get get it if you stay up. Um, big, big up, Dan. Let's, 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 let's just say it as it is. Let's just say it as it is. The comments, the, people think it's delayed oh. and, and whatnot because of the commentary. The commentary is only there because it's Liverpool. If that was Newcastle, they'll be talking about how brilliant it was for him to get ahead of his man, what brilliant skill it was, what brilliant touch it was, and the fact that he's managed to win a penalty for his team. Yeah, I don't think it's that deep, mate. I thought it's first, and you know I'm quite fair, I thought it was a penalty straight away. Like I think it's quite it is. It's, it's, clear. It's, it's yeah. a pen, and, it, and it's, it's, it is as simple as that for me. So it's a bit like the... The, the Palace game, we spoke about that, um, making narratives where it isn't narratives, making, because uh, it's, cause, you know, it's either to, for views, clickbait, it's the usual way of it, it seems to be that narrative, nothing can just go smoothly, be correct, because that's football sales and controversy, that's the whole bubble of football anyway, but yeah, for me, definite penalty, with regard to the penalty kick, um, yeah, let's be honest, sometimes he just smashes it, and he doesn't know exactly where he's going, um, <laughs> and that's what, what it was there. Um if we had the choice, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, that's four out of the last ten he's missed. Yeah. Yep, he's got a pen today. Yep, he was fantastic second half. First half, I thought he was very poor. But listen, we're going to fo fo focus on yeah. the positives. He was outstanding second half. But this is what Mo Salah is the best at, right? Today's not the example of that. But scoring when he's not playing well, he is the best at that I think I've ever seen, right? But today, you can't even say that. Second half, he was amazing. But on penalties, though, I'm not going to change my tune because it's Mo Salah. Like, I just think... I actually think he's he's he should be more composed the more he takes. But sometimes I think because there's a there's been a few he's missed now, keepers are kind of seeing patterns where Grizz, you said before, there wasn't patterns because he'd he'd have a few different type styles, he'd go high, he'd smash it down the middle, he'd hit it in the corner. But I think because he's missed a few, he's maybe in his own head now. And listen, he's gonna keep taking them anyway. I think it's a little bit frustrating when you have Sabozlai there, you know, who is gonna hit hit it so 
sweetly from his style that it doesn't matter. It's a bit like Harry Kane. If the keeper goes the right way, they're still not saving it. But he's still going to take them. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a bit like you, mate. When I watch it, I'm still not sure. Uh, the the run-up doesn't give me any confidence. But listen, I can't. he scored so many, so that's not me being defeated. He's scored a lot, so I can't complain. I just, I don't know if you guys agree, I just feel sometimes a bit, like when I see Harry Kane taking a penalty, like ironically we're going to talk about the France England game, but nine times out of ten, I think Kane, he just, you know his technique, he's just going to score. I just, <laughs> I should feel more confident, but yeah, I don't with Salah, to be perfectly honest. Cav, uh, Darwin Nunes, mm. uh, you have the floor <laughs> for a couple That's of it. minutes first. Uh, but, no, but guys, look, we're going to laugh or we're going to get angry or we're going to get frustrated, but it's a discussion, disc- point of discussion. And whilst we're at the top, and this is my mindset for now, and I know many will disagree, but that's the beauty of it. We're fine. Because we're in all the competitions and we're doing what we're doing and we've spoken about where we are. Mm. But how long is this sustainable for Darwin Nunes to miss chance after chance after chance? At what stage? At what stage? At what stage is there an awkward conversation? Because at the moment, they're just conversations for the sake of content. Because we're mm. doing fine. Everything's rosy in the garden. But imagine if we start falling away out of the title race. Because some of those chances, like he was clean through, and I didn't think he's going to score. And we and we saw Jota clean through, and you know he was about to score, but I was brought down. We'll get on to that. Mm-hmm. Darwin Nunes, he missed chances. He creates chances. He causes chaos. Wherever way you look at it, you you have first dibs, sir. Yeah, and we talk about why Liverpool was so good, especially in that sort of first half an hour. And we speak about the press, and that is down to the entire team and. You know, Nunes, the spearhead of the attack, is leading that press. So I'll give him some credit for that because it can't work with with um, with your centre forward not pressing or being in the right areas to press and so on. So fair play to him for that. And I think that's kind of what we expected from him when he when he came in is that it would be this rapid pressing machine. And we've seen that to an extent. Um, I felt like as good as we were playing, he wasn't really part of it much. To yeah. be honest, his, um, best, his best move was the dummy he done for the Luis Diaz penalty. That was yeah. that was brilliant, brilliant intelligence yeah. from Darwin Nunes to dummy that ball to Lewis Diaz. I'm not joking. I'm not being yeah. harsh. That was his best moment of the game. But that's but that's what we're getting at the minute. You know, he does something really smart there uh, and intelligent in the box. And then you get moments where the ball's played into him in the box and he feels like he can just stand there for five minutes to decide what he's going to do. And someone just runs behind him and takes the ball off him. You're just like... What is going on? But he um he gets he gets the uh one on one through chasing down. I think it's Botman, isn't it? Who makes the mistake? Yeah. Um, and at the time, I I thought he might have uh, given away a foul because I think he puts his arm out slightly or whatever. But it stood, and um, he goes through on goal. And at that point, he has to readjust his body, and and that's like. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's something you just expect a striker to be able to do with ease. You know, just position themselves to be able to not only sort of um, put the ball in the corner, but put a bit of lift on it as well. Just He's not a striker that knows where the keeper is and knows how quickly the keeper's coming out and times his shots and places his shots. It's all just a bit rash. And that, that required, he did the hard work getting there, winning the ball back, but it required composure and he he obviously isn't demonstrating he's got composure in front of goal. Um, so it was it was disappointing. And then he misses he misses a header and a few other chances. And and at this point, you start to get frustrated. You start to 
think, is it not going to be our day? And you start to look at the bench thinking well, there's a goal scorer on there and Jota and Gakpo can, can chip in as well. But how soon do we take this guy off? And, and at that point, I started to think, are my standards dropping here for, for a centre forward? You know, I'm already looking at the bench. And at one point, he, a ball was played into his feet and he controlled it well and passed it backwards. And I was happy about it. And I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I should be happy about that, but I am because it's Nunes, and even that seems to be a bit hit and miss at the minute. So it wasn't. It, it was a good game in terms of his energy, his work rate, all the things we come to expect. But that game could have looked easy. It could have been cruise control if this guy could just finish. And, and people um, will say that every week. We welcome, we welcome Mr. Evan to the stream. Um, uh, Evan has been on treks around the world, including Anfield. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't. Oh, he picked up a win at Burnley. I beg your pardon. I beg <laughs> your pardon. I beg your pardon. Uh, I was about to slander him, but no, he got three points at Burnley. Uh, but welcome to the stream. Uh, hope you've had a good uh, New Year's, Evan. Um, and yeah, straight into the to the eye of the storm, Pauline says, and I want you to take this, Evan. I'd be more worried because this is what's thrown back at... Okay, on this channel, we don't do agendas. We're not anti-Nunes. We're not... We're, we're support Liverpool. So when you support Liverpool, you support the players. You don't have to be a fan of every player, but you support every player when he wears the Liverpool top. So this is what gets thrown back, F. Um, I'd be more worried if Nunes wasn't getting in goal-scoring situations. They will start going in. His overall play has improved so much. I think he deserves our support. Love him. Well, it feels great to be back. First of all, went on uh, went on an absolute tour of um, the the UK's offering of football grounds and Premier League, Anfield, Turf Moor, and Goodison. It was quite the experience. Um, great to be home now, though, and especially to come home on a result like this. And I will say, Grizz, before you slander me, when I last time I came five years ago, Christmas 2018. By the time I got on the plane to leave home, Liverpool were top of the table with the league in, in their hands. Ill-fated that time around, but, you know, the, the good omen thing is still alive and well. Um, the, the point that, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the point that Pauline makes, I, I think, is, has been my line. You know, it would be one thing if Nunez was playing for this team with all these generational playmakers in it, Trent, Salah, and of course, the playmakers we've added over the summer, and he wasn't accumulating XG. That 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 is a bigger a, a bigger worry than simply not finishing the the chances. And there's not there's no you're not running agendas by simply stating that Darwin Nunez should be having a better conversion rate. It's just a fact. Mohamed Salah just dropped one of his best ever performances in a Liverpool shirt. But I wouldn't be running an agenda if I said his first penalty was shit because it was. You know what I mean? It's we're we're just you know you you just got to examine things on a case by case basis. Um, that is where I still stand. I will say, it it, it is getting to a point of, you know, it, so what's the word? Worried, what's the emotion? Uh, I, I would say I would say worried. You know what I mean? Let, let let let's call it, let's call it what it is. The guy has improved as a player since he's since he's come to Liverpool. Pauline's right. It's cruel he didn't find the net today because I thought most other things he did when he wasn't required to shoot the ball were great. Um, he seems to have a growing understanding of where Mohamed Salah is at all times in relation to him, which is sort of a basic prerequisite of playing in this Liverpool front three. 
Um, he helps us walk the ball into the net in an attacking transition sequence where everybody makes the simple pass, and lo and behold, we walk the ball into the net. Um, so the I would say the harder parts of the game, he has gotten noticeably better at. The numbers say it, the eyes say it. It's just a matter of in those crucial sort of moments, just just maintaining your composure and maintaining your self-belief. And, you know, it is difficult. It is probably the most difficult sport uh, part of the game, right? You know, that's why the goal scorers make the big bucks. And, you know, it's been that way forever. It's still that way now. Um, should anyone be giving up on Darwin Nunez? No, that's absurd. We have, we have more important things to be doing than giving up on players. We're, we're in a title race. You know, mm. give give up on players when, when there are – when there isn't something more important going on. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not thinking about individuals right now as we sit at top of the table with the title in our hands. It is Evan, early to say that. Yeah. Evan, can I ask you a question? Anyone can yeah. take this. I asked this yeah. and Cab laughed last time when he was on our show. Uh, that that comment from Pauline, I complete I love Darwin too. It's fine. But I just want to ask the statement that is commonly used throughout our fan base of they will eventually start going in. I just want to understand. It's time to have some sweet rice. No, and I, just, I just, I just, I just want to understand what and and you can. I, I don't mind statistical. I don't mind performance based or what you're seeing on the pitch. I want to understand why that statement exists of why they will eventually start going in because they don't at the moment. It, it, it's it's a it's a remnant. I'm being I'm going to be respectful of the Darwin here. That statement is a remnant of what people used to say about superior players. Uh, Luis, yeah. Luis Suarez, for example, when he came to Liverpool, he would miss a lot of chances. But everyone saw, everyone saw across world football, Luis Suarez was a superstar waiting to happen because he was getting in as many goal scoring positions as Darwin Nunez while also being as good as Eden Hazard on the ball. You, you know what I mean? So eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. it was going to start clicking. That That is a statement reserved for better players. I think that statement is being offered to Darwin Nunez simply because of the volume. And he's and he's underperforming even his own career conversion rate. It's it's re it's really tough to say what we can say for Darwin is that the chances always will be there and there will be days where he's just on it, two chances, two goals like in the return fixture at St. James's earlier in the season. But but I, when, when does Newcastle right? When does Newcastle become the exception and not the potential? That 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 is that is where that is where we currently sit. I would tell people to. I think Darwin Nunez still has credit in the bank. We we do have to ask these questions. These these conversations are uncomfortable. Let's call it spade a spade. It's an uncomfortable conversation to have. We've invested X amount of money. It's been X amount of time since we've signed him. Has he improved? Yes, he has. Is it enough to justify the price tag? We're not quite sure yet. Is there another? Is there another level? Let, let me. I'm just. I'm going to shut up after this because I, I feel like I've been talking for a while. But the, the, I'm the make thing. I, the, you've been. You've been. On, you've been holiday. I'm going to make you work. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've been on the treatment table a lot lately. But uh, um, what I was asking my dad uh, last week. Um, when I was in Liverpool was, I was like, is Darwin Nunez a floor raiser or is he a ceiling raiser? And it, it, it's, it's a crucial 
it's a Very crucial sort of question to ask. The, the, the best players are both. Absolute, absolutely. Darwin Nunez, I do not think he is a floor raiser for Liverpool. I think I think the best players are. A uh, key, uh, key example of Van Dyke. He's a floor raiser. Mm-hmm. Second, Liverpool signed him. All of a sudden, we stopped conceding from set pieces. All of a sudden, every opposition corner becomes a, a counterattack. All of a sudden, we're a set piece team. We're a, fe- we're a team that threatens from corners instead of fears corners. Van Dyke is both. Darwin Nunez, I fear he might just be a ceiling raiser in, in, in the sense that he's going to manufacture a lot of chances for himself just by his movement. But I don't think what he does sort of individually without the the world-class service he receives might be enough to take him into that world beater column i'm getting very metaphorical here and you're also uh, getting I, very and you're also getting very like philosophical about it because none of us including mush many may think mush has an agenda against it and he doesn't he just I want wants him to, to have conversations every week. he just wants to have conversations he, he defies logic <laughs> yeah uh, and and our Conroy is absolutely bursting at the seam just coming <laughs> on the Nunes chat. But unfortunately, we're going to end the Nunes chat. Tonight's not the show to talk about Nunes because we've won. Now, that, that's not a cop-out. That's a time restraint because we can mm. have a whole show on Nunes and the forwards like we did on Copper and Carnage. Um, and we'll, we, we'll, we'll address it again. So, but we want to get to, to the second half because that first half, Conroy, was mad, mad annoying. Um, in fact, as we're at half time, you guys already know what happens at half time. We have to shout out, and we must shout out on my channel sponsors. Guys, don't forget your futcard.com is your place to go. Look, look the kinds of things they do. You can create your own card, you can get these metal football art prints, magnificent illustrations, images, painting, cool, cool what you want there. Uh, there's a Darwin Nunes one. Will he come good? Will we will we regret slandering him on certain shows? There's a Trent one there. That looks big. That's, that looks good, isn't it? That's a proper good one, that one. Um, Luis Diaz, Stephen Gerrard, anything you want. Oh, we're going to talk about here. This guy's passed later on as well. Guys, go check these guys out. They are doing amazing, amazing artwork. They've got the player moments prints as well, which where you can recreate or ask for any moment that lives in your memory. And, and get it on a print to stick up or buy as a present. Um, if anything you want to ask and you don't you don't understand what Grizz is explaining or how Grizz is explaining, go into their chat, ask them anything you want, and they are willing to help you 24 hours, seven days a week, uh, yourfutcard.com. In fact, if you type in 50 uh, Redfellas, you get 15% off all purchases on top of that as well. So go check them out, yourfutcard.com. Recreate your card, recreate your print, get a banner made, whatever you want. They cater for all of those type of needs. Uh, Con, half time, I was saying, this is pressure now. We've seen two draws at home against Man United and Arsenal. We are drawing again. We need a performance like we have in the first half, but with an efficiency or we need a lucky win, a lucky goal to kick any come off the backside, a set piece, and then hold on. Which one was you hoping for at halftime, and, and how did you think that we started off the second half? 
Yeah, I was hoping for you know the the latter, Chris, because to be honest, you can only ride your luck so often if you rely on individual moments of brilliance or you know a thirty yard scream or a shot that takes free deflection and, and goes in. I feel like uh, we're getting to that time now, halfway through. We need to show something because. Um, we have got a chance we're in this, but that there has the performances have to be better. So that's what I was looking at. You know, let's not make it a scrappy affair like certain games we've done this season. Maybe wrong substitutions by Klopp. Not a, not a lot this season, but there has been moments where like putting Trent in the middle, stuff like that. Just that they actually kind of what's the word? Um, kind of slowed down the game. It didn't quite work tactically. So I was hoping for you know to keep keep that smooth. Keep playing the, the football we're playing and just you'll break Newcastle down because you were creating the chances there. So that's what I was hoping for, you know, and ultimately that's what happens. It's probably one of the best team goals, especially it probably is the best team goal by the front three this season. It's an outstanding goal and uh, FIFA-esque, you know, probably scrolling it. If someone done that five asides, I'd be annoyed, to be honest. I actually had to go at someone last week for for doing that one-on-one at five asides, but I'll take it for Liverpool. You know, scrolling it across the box, I'll take that all day long. But all jokes aside, that was a fantastic team goal and as we just spoke about Nunes there in that moment decision making he made the right call early in the game he could have probably squared it to Salah in that chance because if I was finishing like him right now I would square it so at least he, he had a bit of self-awareness second half to do that so you know I've got to give credit where it's due uh, Cavs that goal Quan's uh, right lovely goal beautiful move um, a bit of gig and pressing involved again as well um, mm-hmm. Sabozalai set up that goal. Was am I right, guys? Sabozalai wins that ball. Was it Curtis? I think Sabozalai oh, wins that ball. Oh, someone. I think, I think it's. I think it's Sabozalai. I think it is. Yeah, I think he had, he had short sleeves on today, so it's Sabozalai. Absolutely, and Sabozalai wins the ball. And the reason why I mentioned Sabozalai is because I thought he was atrocious again on the ball. Off the Goodness ball, he's an me. absolute. He's an absolute monster off the ball. His mm. covering of ground. What have you done to this man, Grizz? What have you done to this man? <laughs> Honestly, he was in such good form, and then that that clip went viral, and that's us. <laughs> it's one of those moments. <laughs> I, I just don't know. It's one of those moments. I just have to hold that. Um, Cav, fatigue, worn out, played him too much, over relying on his physical or of his the attributes that he brings us to the physical, physically, mm. and we and we're just so. We're just overexerting him, or because now, again, with Mohamed Salah going off, some people were even saying that he could play on the right hand side. Today, he comes off with a slight hamstring issue, apparently. He's rubbing his hamstring, that could be problematic as well. Um, what, what did you make of Sabozlai at the moment? Yeah, there was a few moments where we were sort of won the ball back and we were on the break, and the pass was just under hit or passed behind the man where it should have been in front, and momentum was lost. Um, I don't know the reason as to why he's he's not performing to what we've seen at the start of the season. I, it could be fatigue. And obviously, you know, in back in Germany, they do get a, a winter break and maybe mm. he's he's used to having a little bit time off. Um, I personally just think it's, I don't see fatigue in him though. You know, when we watched Fabinho and Henderson last season and the legs really fell off and it was slow and weren't near his man. This guy's up for every fight. He tracks back. He He's strong in the challenge. You know, he's driving with the ball. He's... Often he'll pick the ball up and he can see a pass, but he'll, he'll opt to run with it. That's not a guy that's tired. A guy that's tired is wanting to get rid of it straight away. I don't think it's fatigue. I just think he's just finding his feet at Liverpool still. I think he just had a really, really good start. 
He scored a couple of good goals, which has kind of elevated the expectation with him a little bit. Or not the expectation, because we've kind of seen it through the goals and his technique in, in back in Germany. But we've seen glimpses of it at Liverpool. We're like, yes, we want to see more of that. But actually, he's had a pretty steady start to Liverpool. And at the minute, he's going through a period where he's just still trying to adjust slightly. We've spoken before about... Trent's inverted position, Salah, where he finds himself on the pitch. Zabozalai's playing on the right-hand side with them guys, and he's still got to try and find his place. He's got to know when to underlap, overlap. The underlap, actually, I, I wouldn't say he needs to know when to do that because he does that brilliantly well. Um, and Salah often picks him out with, with that underlap pass. But I just think he's finding his feet. I think he's just trying to link up with these teammates around him. He's, he's always looking to shoot. I think he's perhaps been told when to shoot and when to keep the ball moving. And it's all them little things, you know, it's, it's getting a player of incredible ability and excels in particular attributes and just trying to make him work for us. And I think we're just in a period where that work is still happening by no means concerned, by no means upset that he's still in the team. I just think he needs time to be honest for it to come good. And um, maybe Salah going off to AFCON and him making, taking that, not the right wing spot, but maybe, you know, taking um, the onus a little bit more on the right hand side might help him. We've seen his link up with Elliot in one of the games that seemed to work really well. So this could provide an opportunity for him to sort of step back up his performances again. But I think uh, he'll be fine. And and to be some, honest, we have just on that. Just on that, we have some breaking news. Jurgen Klopp confirms Sabozalai has suffered a hamstring injury. OK, scrap what I just said. So, <laughs> fuck's sake, Kev. I actually think that hamstring injury came because of what Cav's saying, though. I think because he's losing the ball a lot, he's working extra hard to compensate, completing more sprints. He won the ball back a lot in that second half because he kept giving it away. And I think all of that is... Sorry, Cav, I'm kind of adding to, no, to what you were saying here, yeah. which is... When you see a player underhitting passes or only comfortable passing to feet is a sign of a player who's scared to make a mistake because it's in his head that he keeps giving away the ball. A player who's confident is happy to put the ball in front of the person receiving it so they can run onto it. And he is not doing that. And if anything, he's taking stuff off the ball now in terms of the power he generates on his passes. And it's just slowing us down as well as giving it away. So... Mm. I think it's, I agree with Cav, it can't be fatigue when you're running that much. I think he's in his head and a 22-year-old will go through that. A 22-year-old whose life has flipped upside down because he's joined one of the biggest clubs in the world is going to be scrutinised. Where he would play badly for Leipzig and you might have a thousand tweets about it, you now have 500,000 tweets about it. And we can't act like players don't exist in the world we also live in, you know? So I think that's part I, of I it. Don't, I, he just my feeling with him is at Leipzig and stepping into Liverpool. He the way he looks, the way he plays, the potential is sky high for this guy. He is a superstar in the making. Like he is a midfielder that is going to be talked about as one of the best in the league and best in the in Europe in in given time. And I just feel like when he's on the guy, he is the guy at Leipzig, right? He is the player that everybody wants and he's come to Liverpool and instead of being the guy, he's got to accept just being one of the guys before he becomes the guy again, if that makes sense. He's stepping into a team where he doesn't need to score the wondrous goal. He doesn't need to dance around three players to score. He actually just needs to do the basics right first and then then moments will come. You know, he's, he's no longer got to be the goal getter, the goal scorer, although that would be nice. He's 
his game has got to be tailored around facilitating what Liverpool want to do, which is get the ball to the forwards, you know, and be an engine in that midfield. And then the moments will come. So I feel like he's had to just adjust slightly. You know, you can see he's still looking for them moments where he can he can be the guy whose name's in the headlines. But actually, his overall game just needs to be stripped back a little bit, do the basics, which he does really well, and then build again from there. And like I say, I think it will happen in time as well. You're on mute, Chris. Ah, uh, he's muted. <laughs> Can I just before just before we um it's slightly linked to the Zabaz Live point, but just before we get too far ahead, what that first half performance we talk about counter pressing, we talk about fluidity, how good we were in the attack, but we've got to recognize how far we've come. That was there was real fight in that first Mm. half. And do you know what came with that fight? A little bit of attitude as well. Did you Mm. see the faces of Trent and, and Virgil at times? It was it was not not an arrogance, but it was also like a, yeah, this is Anfield, you know, if you're going to fight, we're fighting back. This ain't Liverpool of last year. You ain't running, you ain't running over us. We're standing up this year. That's you know? it. We're That's about it. it. Cav, you're spot on. And I love that side of this team now. And this is why it's enabled us to reach the top of the table, all whilst not being even close to our best, I feel. There's been a handful of games we've been our best, but the, the, the never say die attitude, and I know that should be a given, but but the heart and the spirit, and the physical the physical nature of our players has enabled us to to get where we are, and that's the reason why we've got this squad and the rotation, and that's why we need these options. And if Sabozlai is out for a period of, I mean, we don't know obviously the extent of the hamstring injury, but it, could, it ranges from minimum two weeks to you know two months. So let's hope it's more of a a, a strain as opposed to he's done any damage. Um, yeah. Evan, one nil up. I wasn't comfortable, was you guys? Uh, uh, how was you feeling? I thought there's, there's still so much drama in this game to go, even though, you know, we've taken the lead and you expect us to control the game from there on. Newcastle have one chance, one goal. Any blame attached to anyone? Someone was trying to blame Trent Easy again. On the left wing, I think there was two players. He just yeah, Gordon. Gordon beat both of them. Yeah, both of them. So maybe the cynical side of Liverpool needs to come out more there. We've spoken about that. Uh, but Trent was on a yellow, actually, wasn't he? So that he would have got a bloody another yellow. So maybe that worked. And then some people saying Virgil shouldn't have stepped up, should have gone with a man. But just a great finish sometimes, right? Yeah, Alexander Isak, who's done it to us before at, mm-hmm. at Anfield. I absolutely oh, yeah. hate playing against him. He's the type of striker, one chance, one goal. That's his game. Um, extraordinary player. I just want to talk about the finish. The finish is incredible. It's an incredible finish. With 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 like the inside of his foot, he achieves sort of a outswerving sort of trajectory on the shot, curving away from Allison, but also lifting it up over him. Yeah, no, the Henri thing was he. Yeah, Henri would curve it into the post. This one, he sort of dinked it over Allison, but it had power and pace on it at the same time. The technical ability on Alexander Izak is jaw-dropping. I, I do think ability alone, he's one of the best strikers in the country. Absolutely. Um, who do you blame? I think Virgil plays it fine. Maybe he could have taken a chance and fully gone for the offside trap. Virgil does everything right. I, I think you know he you know doesn't doesn't foul him do, doesn't overcommit. Allison comes out when he should. 
it's just a great it's a well-weighted pass and it's an even better finish let's attach blame to what happened before anthony gordon cannot be getting converged upon by two or three liverpool players and coming away with that much space yeah Yeah, and here's the thing it's it's happened before uh i'm not gonna you know like you said trent's on a card i'm not gonna zone in on any player but when three players are converging on three of ours you know us the pressing kings and we're converging on a winger he can't he can't come away with it all alone unattached bearing down upon our upon our box you force him out you force him to make a pass to someone else you force him to give up custody of the ball or go go the other way with it that's not okay that that's sort of a collective breakdown uh, of the of the midfield press which is cruel on on a day where i thought the press was largely quite good and in newcastle struggled to play out newcastle struggled to bring any service into him but you you have to tip your hat to it it's as good as you it's as good as you could possibly wait to pass in that scenario and that's as good as a finish as you're likely to see at the cop end this season from a, from a player in any kit uh, i i really cannot speak highly enough about alexander isaac can someone confirm this i didn't read or hear about it trent suspended That'll be they didn't they didn't mention it in commentary so um, i'm mm-hmm. not saying it not saying it's wrong, but I just didn't hear about it. Okay, either. Magpie says fake news. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, aren't we past 50% of the season at this point? Thanks, Paseo, for making us panic and try to work <laughs> out selections for the next few, you know, next game in terms of no, uh, no left back, right back. Uh, Con, 1-1. Uh, um, obviously, we look to the bench. Artillery is there. If you're having an off day, if you're not having the best of games, you come off. I was perplexed by Luis Diaz's substitution. Mm. I knew Nunes was going to be hauled off. And who was the Sabozalai picks up an injury? Um, are those the three subs at that stage? Yes. Uh, Endo, Sabozalai. No. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Endo's still on the pitch. Those three come off. Um, you know, we've looked many times to the bench to make an impact. And one name, one face, one player was just... I think everyone, everyone in their right mind was begging and paying for Diogo Jota to get on that football pitch. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, a bit like Burnley, um, it's actually probably a. It's not a nice, and I'm not being negative because it is really positive, but it's chalk and cheese when you see decision making by players whose job is to get the ball in the net compared to players who. We're supporting to get the ball in the net, even though we paid sixty million for them, and they should, you know, have that level already. No, no, Conroy, we said we're moving on. So that's two games. Jota's had two two opportunities to just show that he's a, at this level of football because that's what they train every day. This is the standard they're at. Clear pass makes the right decision. Has the hardest chance in the Burnley game and finishes when the rest of the team look like they've never practiced finishing in three months. So again. In football is the only sport we accept mediocrity a lot and we do it all the time. But again, Jota continuously shows why we forget how sometimes his actual link-up and gameplay isn't great. He has runs where he plays quite poor. We all seem to forget this when he gets injured. But ultimately, when it comes to decision-making and finishing, he is by far the best player in that team. By a country mile, it's not even close. Because he's the only player who seems to actually, you know, finishing is about calming down and making the right decision, not just instinctively hitting it, which again is not a compliment. If you see a striker's instinct only instinctively good, that's that's not a compliment for me. That's actually poor because a finisher striker is meant to be composed. He is that guy. It's clear now. He's just the man. He comes on. Could he easily snatch the shot? You know, 
when, oh, I'm going to try and hit it across the keeper, hit it around. No, he sees that Jones is there. That's the best pass. Easy goal. We should have been four up by then. But one man comes on and actually says, you know what? Let's just make this easy. It's a simple pass to do. That's why he's there. And that's why he is very vital, to be honest. I don't think performance-wise, he's always that great. And I think we do forget that at times. Yeah. But his decision-making is up there. I would also add, what a pass by Salah. I actually think it, it looks more simple live because you can't see it goes through the player's leg because you think he just plays it around the corner it's actually a superb pass right into that kind of not half space but just inside the box there perfect pass perfect pass by Jota and Jones probably get the easiest goal of his career but who cares we're 2-1 ahead and then you know what it's going to be smooth sailing here guys because we're going to control it we're the best team let's keep the ball let's take it easy you know that because that is what we are we're not emotional at all we're a control team absolute opposite that's what we are but it works it works but it has strengths and weaknesses <laughs> Mush, uh, the goal scorer I mean of course Jota plays a magnificent part Mohamed Salah I, 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 I never tire of speaking on Salah but Salah's inevitable so let's let's Salah's playmaking ability I think someone said earlier on he's just a, he's just a, a yeah, I, 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 t I tweeted this during the game, Grizz. I said, it's not spoken about enough now while it's happening. It won't be spoken about enough long after he hangs up his boots. But Mohamed Salah is genuinely one of the greatest playmakers of this generation. The, no the numbers say it. The quality of the assists that we've seen, you know, I'm not, Salah is not just, you know, tapping it, you know, little, little tap yeah. in assists. You know, it's, we, we are seeing, a guy who is how how many times now have we seen that Travella assist with the outside of the boot? I remember we saw it first, probably wasn't even the first time at that point. We we it, it was a fixture in the year we won the Champions League. We saw it away to Bayern. I remember seeing it before to a Bobby Firmino goal uh, home to Watford in seventeen eighteen. I mean the numbers say it, the 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 eye says it, and for me this is what separates him from his contemporaries because he is putting up the goal scoring numbers of an out and out number nine, you know, a, a Lewandowski, you know, you know, a 18 yard box forward, if you want to call it. And he's also chipping in with the creativity of someone you would attribute to the Neymar or Hazard archetype of, of winger. He is the, he is the double threat. I, I've just, I've just ran out of words. It, it's, it's such a shame that, that is that he, you know, didn't get the, an extra penalty to his name today. Um, but yeah. what we saw today, I thought in terms of just raising, raising, being a floor raiser, being a floor raiser, what we saw today was one of the greatest wingers of this generation in full flow. Uh, it's, it's, it's jaw dropping, really. Kunit gives us a brilliant fun fact because Salah missed the penalty in first half and changed the boots and contributed three goals in the second half. I want to speak on and focus on in a couple of minutes on uh, the goal scorer of that that we've spoken about Salah and Jota but we haven't mentioned the goal scorer himself Curtis Jones who yeah we, 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 I don't want to I don't want to be okay I don't think there's any point in doing a poll now because I was going to do who's man of the match because you know well there were a couple of contenders obviously Curtis Jones was, uh, I thought, immaculate mush in that game. We've spoken about Curtis Jones in terms of what he brings to the team and, and how if you don't see it, then you, again, you probably don't understand the, the complexity of, the, uh, of football um, in terms of how he's developed his different roles. 
and how he's elevated himself to a position where now, where now, I think it's fair to say he's a first team starter. I, I, I would go further than that. I think we last spoke about it. I would say not just first team starter, but quietly one of the leaders on the pitch. He, it's it's almost it's almost a coach who you know they have that that clipboard thing of the diagram of a pitch and you've got them little counters that you move around it's almost like for me Curtis Jones plays the game looking at it from a bird's eye view knowing where everyone is what the right thing is to do when should I turn on it when should I put my body between the man and the ball when should I drive with it when should I take a risk it, it's just becoming this thing of so, so fine-tuned. And and the, the only way I can describe it is, you know, when, when we watch the likes of maybe a, a Barca or a, you know, a, a Barca or a PSG and, you know, you, you watch, I'm not saying he's on that level, but you watch the likes of Verratti and Pedri who are trusted to decide the tempo of the game and decide how the team are going to play. Curtis Jones does that for Liverpool. And I genuinely think because... He's young because he's not a fashionable name that was born for bought for a lot of money. A lot of other fan bases, no one, no one underrates Curtis Jones in the sense of no one thinks he's a bad player. But I don't think people realize how important or good he is. If if Curtis Jones was out, the Liverpool fans might be panicking, but another fan base might be like, oh, well, Curtis Jones is out. That's not a problem. You'll cover that. But we are. We've talked about how much Diaz is benefiting, but I think the whole team benefits from Curtis Jones playing and what you're seeing now is each area of the pitch is building he knows what to do defensively he learned from that West Brom mistake a few years ago we all know he already had quality on the ball and now we're also seeing these lung busting runs from the final third you know into the final third he missed a chance in the first half where it was blocked with his left foot similar to the goal he scored actually against uh, yeah. Villa same yeah. same angle that was and you're just seeing a lot of that now it's now breaking into the box so we now have a player, guys, who does all of his middle third and first third responsibilities, but suddenly has a goal threat now as well. And normally I would be the one parading the fact that he should be going to the Euros, but I would like him to stay as quiet and as unimportant as he is, because the more times he plays for England, the less time we're going to see him playing for Liverpool, because he does get the odd niggle here and there. So I want him to... Be, like I, t I think I said it last time as well, by next season, I slowly want him to be integrated into the leadership group that Klopp has. Um, doesn't mean he needs to be captain or anything, but I think this kid is is really growing into this homegrown leader status with, with Trent as well. Mm. Curtis Jones improves every team in the country. Ooh. Yeah. Every, 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 every team in the country. And I want to say our perception... Sorry, I'm not saying R as in the the five the five folks who are speaking now, but the Liverpool the wider Liverpool fan base's uh, perception of how good Curtis Jones is, even now when he's starting to get his flowers, is still I think far too low. Like I, how 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 I've seen fans of other teams speak about him, you know, notable. City, uh, you know, analysts and commentators about that club, you know, our Arsenal fans. The, this is a player that they want on their team. Like from from the outside looking in, I, you know, the the only doubts I have I personally have ever had over Curtis Jones were his health. 
when, when his health was so murky, he had the weird eye injury. And then he had the, the lower body injury where he had to like rest every third or fourth day and nobody really knew what it was. And it was a rare sort of condition. We didn't really know what it was. At, those are the only times where I started to sweat over his long-term future, just health-related things. When it comes to ability, if you were watching clips of Curtis Jones tearing it up at U18 level and you weren't thinking he's far too good for that, and then he comes into the first team picture in, in I think, 2020 it was, and you're thinking, okay, he clearly has it. He clearly has the X factor. If you couldn't see it, then I, I don't really know what to say to you because the, the guy so clearly has it. And I, I want to I wanna make this comparison on trait only. I, I don't want to make some misguided comparison about quality of player, especially – you know, because he's so young. But Curtis Jones reminds me of David Silva in the sense that he has that inherent ability to carry five yards of space with him wherever he goes. Like, you just cannot get anywhere within that bubble. You know, you just cannot take the ball off of Curtis Jones. I'm trying to think of how many opportunities when, when Curtis Jones has been given chances in the first team where he is sort of just needlessly robbed in possession. In, in, in such a frustrating way. I, I remember the criticism used to be, okay, yeah, he's a great, great dribbler, you know, silky touch, doesn't get the ball taken from him, but he gets in the final third and then what? That sort of used to be the, the, the criticism. But lo and behold, Liverpool have become a much better team collectively around him since those criticisms were first levied. And now look at this, surprise, surprise, the guy has added some end product in terms of goals and assists. And in terms of giving us that, much needed control in in matches curse jones i how is he not a starter you know what i mean and you could you can make a similar argument for harvey elliott who's been playing out you know out of this world off the bench you know winning us games off the bench these are guys who as the the starters of soba you know they start to pick up fatigue injuries or mental fatigue related confidence issues you can expect these guys to come in and dominate. And I personally have reached a stage with, with Curtis Jones where I don't need to think of him as as, as a youth player anymore, as, as a youth prospect. Um, I think this is what we're seeing is a guy approaching full maturity in, in the Premier League and looking like one of the better players in the league in the process. High praise indeed. High praise indeed. Um, three, one up, Cav. 10 minutes on the clock. Like, like Conroy says, we think, okay, that's fine. Everything's good. Um, we haven't conceded many from set pieces. I don't know, some stat in the chat might correct me, but I, I believe we're, we're doing good um, against uh, set pieces. Our very own Steve was at the game today. That's why he couldn't join us today. He's just back from the game. Gomez and Jones were superb. Steve, we literally, as usual, all the red fellas are on the same wavelength. Amazing. Uh, you know ball. YKB. If you was on Twitter, I would have tweeted you YKB in capital letters, son. Um, but but Cav three three one up, and then they score with a header. Um, it, again, this is why I thought we'd pick our tall team because um, they are giants in that in that Newcastle team. Um, again, put ourselves under a bit of pressure. Um, but talking about game changes off the bench and controllers and people that find space and technical geniuses we had alexis McAllister coming back from uh injury yeah sorry injury today um mm. comes on and um that pass was sensational cav 
That pass was sensational, sir. That is your moment of McAllister. <laughs> well, I'm gonna take my time with it because uh, I'll, oh, get, I'll get to please the, I'll do. Get, I'll, yeah, I'll get I'll get to the assist. But what I just like to highlight just. We went through a bit of period of the game where all the fight and all the ability and so on and so on was there. But we, not that we lost control, but you could tell that Klopp was definitely not happy with some things. And I mentioned, I can't remember if it was on the Red Fellas or the Show of Bush or, or what it was, but I said, it's strange that we've not seen a lot of finger pointing and a lot of coaching in the games from Klopp. He's not really barking orders around and stuff. He seemingly is quite comfortable to let things play out. But today was the opposite. This guy was instructing everybody, which tells you as good as we were, he knew this game wasn't home and dry, you know, even at 3-1 up. And um, it was pretty inevitable, you know, after the cameras panned to him and he was, you know, took his cap off and Luis Diaz is laughing behind him because of how frustrated he was <laughs> that we go and concede the header at a corner, which, like you say, is so unusual for us. I think partly it's it's maybe a little bit of, you know, just the, the game um, and how much energy we put into it. I think the substitutions didn't necessarily help us as well. Um, Gravenberch, I didn't think, did really well uh, when he came on. And you talk about how good Curtis Jones was. You only have to look at the likes of Zabozalai and Gravenberch and how we've described them in today's game a bit of a contrast to to what Curtis Jones was offering us. So it's not easy playing this in this Liverpool midfield, even players as talented as Graham Birch and as, as, as athletic and talented as, as it was alive. So that's just a, an A to, to Curtis. But they score and, and McAllister at this point has come on for Endo, who again was exceptional. We spoke about him earlier. My concern at this point was that Endo was so good that McAllister coming in off the back of an injury. He's not been out for ages, but he could have a little bit of rustiness about yeah. him. But just just fitted right into that game. Got on the ball, silky with his turns. Passing was nice and tidy mm. and crisp. His he first pass was between the lines, by the way. His first pass yeah. took out three men to get to Gakpo. I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. that was his first touch of the game. Why was you, what the hell? Yeah. Why was you surprised? No, no, I'm just like Cav saying he's been out this for a little why, while. How can that be why, default what, level? No, so the thing is, when you're out for a little while, the the vision and your brain is still there. Obviously, physically, like for example, they they have a break, and you know he's not the best at running back. That's where you may have an issue. But on the mm. ball breaking lines, um, and Cav, that pass that broke, not the lines, but broke Newcastle's mm. back heart, soul, <laughs> life, um, yeah. enabled. And I want you to... No, we're not going to mention Nunes. Conroy, stay in that naughty corner. Don't you dare yeah, fight in and mention Nunes. But uh, Jota's going through and I'm comfortable. Something's going to result in, yeah. in in a goal. Like, yeah. whether it's he's been brought down. Or like, what did you make of that? Because no way Jota goes down if he doesn't get touched there. Because Jota's a goal scorer. He wants fucking goals. Yeah, do you know what? The pass, he plays it outside of the foot right and it goes between <laughs> two Newcastle players, travels about 40, 50 yards you know on the ground. Where, you know where that meme, have you seen guys that meme where that man's eating the food and he's like, <laughs> he's enjoying that food so much. That's me right now looking at that replay. It's like, <laughs> so nice. <laughs> It, 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 I feel like I feel I feel like Grizz used to tell me not to eat on stream, and now I'm watching him eat on stream. Does, it, does any Does anybody else feel similar? Hey, Liverpool cooked not, today, so Grizz is going to eat. No, no, it's not nah. that. Do you know what? It was because we were losing every week, and like emotions were down, and like, yeah, fuck it. 
the pass the pass is exceptional and i don't, I don't know you know what channel you guys were watching on but it, it only caught up at the point in which it was um jota was receiving the ball and once i realized it was him i was just like ah happy days because you kind of expect it to be salah but when i seen it was jota i was like the guy's just gonna he's gonna get to the box obviously he's ahead of the newcastle defenders and you just know he knows what to do once he's in it and he goes for on goal and you can see this delay that he does. You know, he takes his time in the box, he's calm, he positions his body and he positions straight on that you know he's going to drag this ball around the keeper on his stronger foot. And that's exactly what he does. The only surprise was that he did took it away on his left foot. He actually goes down. And at that point, I thought, it's got to be a penalty because Jota just, he wouldn't go down there. <laughs> exactly. It's not, it's no disrespect. It's not Nunes making an absolute wild decision to try and get a penalty. Jota scores if Jota can score. So if yeah. he's gone down, Simple. there must be a touch. And then they, you see the replay. You see that the Bradford did, does touch his foot. There's contact. Again, it's a little bit delayed, but I don't, I don't, it weren't as if he re-stabilised himself and then thrown himself on the ground. It was part of the same motion. It was a penalty clear and through. And then the only question then was, was Salah going to take his penalty this time round, which obviously he does. So exceptional pass, needed it in the game. Because like I said, you know, you could not that there was a momentum shift, but you could kind of get a sense with the the way the game had gone, Klopp's reactions that Newcastle could maybe really cause a bit of an upset here on based off how the game was going. That, get, that goal was much needed just to settle nerves. And it comes at a time where, you'd think Liverpool would see it for um, Imagine hitting your career catalog pass, you know, an assist that you're going to tell your grandkids about, and then Jota just shit houses a pen <laughs> instead of it. <laughs> Con, did you have any, uh, in, in any, any sort of thoughts on the officiating today? I mean, I commented on the Joe Linton rugby tackle. Now, guys, some may not even know what rugby is in the chat because there's such passionate football fans. But rugby is a game, and, and kabaddi uh, for the South Asians in the chat is a game where you try to stop the man uh, from progressing, basically, in essence, by all means necessary. As long as it's not sort of clotheslining the throat, everything else is allowed. You tackle through them from the arms, the chest, the legs. Joe Linton, Conroy, um, have you got any explanation... Uh, sir, live from PGMO headquarters. Have you got any explanation into what, why he didn't get a yellow for that? Firstly, with one four two, so this obsession of officiating, you know, each to their own. But I do think it just seems to be constantly now. Um, I think the reason for that, uh, I think, it was a yellow card because if someone pulls someone back and the play's carried on, then you're not stopping a dangerous counter attack, so you wouldn't be booked for that. But because that's quite like a severe challenge that could be probably justify a booking in general. I think it should be a yellow card, but to be perfectly honest, I know we love to complain about refs, but major decisions were correct. Apart from that, I couldn't really think of anything else that was bad. I know we want this thing where it's going to be perfect, but I think I'm should be realistic enough that that's not going to happen. So don't think, you know, there's any major things. And again, it's not like I'm an apologist. I just think sometimes we love to complain about stuff and not look at ourselves. Um, I think we got the job done today. Nothing major. And I think the Jota one, for me, I think we're lucky it's a penalty, but I do think it's a penalty. I actually think Dubravka's very unlucky. I think he pulls his arms away. I think it's his elbow that catches Jota's left leg. I think that's really unlucky from the goalkeeper, to be honest. But it is probably a penalty. 
and they're not going to overturn it because like there's contact and I think yeah pretty much it, that was there's not really any decisions there's stuff about the long staff penalty I don't even think there's that even I was a second replay on that one during the game so I'm not sure about that one but ultimately major incidents they were fine we won the game I'll take that to be honest Guys, there you go. PGMO have spoken. Uh, uh, Dermot O'Connor has... Just because uh, I'm not an echo chamber, I'm PGMO. Uh, uh, it's not that. It's not that. I thought he was atrocious again. Uh, I know I know you think but otherwise. Chris, Chris, that's I, not a statement it, it, for you. You just don't like Anthony Taylor in no, general. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Was, he was all, awful. All of these refs are like equally incompetent, in my opinion. We won. I've got nothing. I've got no reason to hate him. We won. So what are you going to do? You're gonna you're gonna sign up for the FA next week and be no, a ref. Then. So what, what's no, gonna change but, then? Do you know what I mean? Nothing, but, but but this is my point. It doesn't mean that we can't speak on it. Are you gonna be playing for anytime soon for a Premier League football club? Yet here we are speaking about Premier League football players. No, so we're like to speak on officials. What, 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 what's, what's your complaint? So what what's like what the I don't get is, is right. I'll, I'll, is, I'll, it's, a, it's a rugby tackle, and it's not. Right, going that's to one on a booking. Like it's it's done. Move on. That, like what, that, what do you want? I tell you why. I tell you why that changes the tone of a game because Joe Linton gets booked five minutes into the second half, which should in in essentially been his yellow card. If we're dealing like, with fine margins on, in guys. a title we're... race, if we're dealing yes. with fine margins in a title race, like we are, like we have been by one point, three times, or twice, you're looking at fine margins, and that was. A horrendous decision. I called it one of the worst ones I've seen. And we've seen a catalogue, a catalogue of bad I just bad think decisions. we're always looking for stuff. We're always looking for it, stuff. It, I understand. We, 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 you, you're both right. You're both right. As fans, especially fans of this club, who have been the victim of an unprecedented refereeing Yeah, We will be looking at it. For, we will be looking for it for the rest of the season. I think it's a shame that Jolinton didn't get the yellow card he so obviously deserved. Because I think up until that point, Anthony Taylor was having a good game. And by a good game, I mean I didn't notice who was refereeing the game because he kind of just blended into the action. All, only when he failed to book the most obvious yellow card I've seen all season did I notice that it was Anthony Taylor refereeing the game. And that's how it should be. That, that that that's sort of how I feel about it. I it can't happen, Evan. I need I need to think. Of, I I need to think of the PGMOL as sort of a monolith, and that in that it doesn't really matter who's refereeing the particular game because they're all sort of of a certain quality. But it's not really true. And and I think Anthony Taylor, he loses control of the game after that. Uh, it, it's 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 a shame. It, it, it's a shame because I don't like talking about referees. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's 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 boring. But that's you know? never going to stop, guys, because VAR is scrutinising every decision. So ultimately, a referee makes a decision on VAR. So you're never going to blend into a game because so many major decisions in football are going to get brought up. So therefore, you're going to have a referee making game-winning decisions. So this kind of euphoria we're looking for is never going to exist anymore because no, you not. want to scrutinise yeah. every part of football. So I don't know what, what we're looking for because sometimes I think we need to put a realistic hat on to understand that we wanted this. This is here, right, for VAR. So you're never going to have a ref. And listen, Ev, I agree with you, mate. But I'll, see, when you watch a game with foot VR, that's great. But that's never going to happen in future. And that's just the way I see it. I just think I'm realistic. So see, when there's not a major incident, I'll accept that. I just think at times there's so many things to look at that's positive. We don't have to talk about that, but that's yeah. the culture of football. Do you, I, do you I, know, in some, in some way, 
he, the key decisions, right? They they reviewed the offsides and got them right. They reviewed the penalties and got them right. And obviously, I want to say that it went in our favor. Okay, so they got the key decisions right. And his poor performance actually benefited us in some way because it got the Anfield crowd going, not going, but it kept on going. You know, we had a we had a common enemy, and that that filtered down to the players. Now that's not something to plan for. That's not something to rely on, but. Him having a bad performance should never be any reason why Liverpool don't win games. We should be better. We should create enough chances and score enough goals that one or two decisions that are incorrect from the ref don't cost us. But today, his bad performance and his loss of control helped us because they're in our backyard. You know, they're playing on our pitch. This is in front of our crowd. And I kind of liked it because I thought if the crowd get this angry at the referee, it's only going one way. It's only going to encourage these players to continue playing. So... Strange way of looking at it, but I just say it kind of worked in our favour a little bit. Mush, before we move on, did you want to say something on it? No, just super quick. I, I was just going to say I'm kind of like in, in Evan's school of thought of the fact that we definitely should complain about refs because it affects our team's outcomes. But at the same time, I disagree sometimes when whatever club we support, we think we are the most badly done by referees, right? But if we think yeah. about it, if I support Wolves, right? First oh. game of the season, I watched Onana knock out one of my players in the last minute. We didn't get anything. I watched a ball hit my defender's leg, then hit his hand, a penalty given away at Luton. I, if I support Arsenal just a few days ago, they can't even confirm if the ball has gone on or off, even though they have a million cameras on the pitch. So it's just we're all suffering from this incompetence and sometimes we're going to get away with it and sometimes we're not. I don't want to use that throwaway term of it all balances out because statistically it probably won't. But everyone's dealing with this incompetence. I, I mean, Aston Villa are only currently in the Premier League in a top four race because goal line technology just stopped working a, a few years ago during the yeah. COVID season. Remember they, they had to win and they conceded a goal and it was clearly over the line to the naked eye and to the check. And then goal line technology, this infallible thing stopped working. So, so, to, so to say that we are the unluckiest team, maybe at no. this point in a, in a specific yeah. season, we might be, but think about that. There is literally a team that should have been relegated. And now that specific team, through a ripple effect, have now become sort of a top six, top eight established team. I, I, I'm in agreement. I think th there's no basis for one club to feel that they are the the the, the cursed people, the the cursed people. You know what I mean? I just no, yeah. I agree. I agree. I I agree. I, I don't think there is such a thing. I absolutely do believe in. This is just my opinion. I, I absolutely do believe in a subconscious dislike for a man or a coach if you have and i think that can sway decisions because they're human they're not robots they can't totally um they can't totally take out the emotional and and, and jürgen klopp whether uh, inadvertently has become um this sort of figure amongst the referees um, and there is a disdain for him, and like there is a disdain for Pep probably as well. As I said, it's not it's not just for one player, one club, one coach. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but move on. Lamar H sends in a super chat. Says Jota, Nunes, Gakpo, Diaz have their positive and negatives they bring to the team. They just have to continue to grow and raise levels. Uh, I, I wanted right to actually uh, just say that guys, we've seen two games in a row now. Who would have thought? I personally, I didn't think there would be this big a change, but 
we've seen two games of Gakpo on the left rather than back to goal up front and very different in how direct he looks, how confident he looks shooting the ball, a lot more involved in the goals. I don't know if you guys feel we're seeing a different player. Well, but this I, is, I think this is what I was going to finish up on, um, uh, by the way. First, first, by, by the way, channel member, uh, one of the original channel members is Grizz and everyone. Happy New Year to you and your family. Thank you so much, uh, Dinesh. Really appreciate the support. That's what I wanted to end on. And one by one, we're going to go through and, and very finish up on this topic. Now that we're on top of the table, now that we lose the best DM in the country and the greatest playmaker uh, in, of recent times, how do we uh, rejig this team and attack? More importantly, I guess, Alexis McAllister is the obviously simple solution to Endo. What do we do? What do we do? Because Gakpo has thrown a spanner in the work, so to speak, in terms of playing off the left. How, how, do we, how do we fix this Mohamed, massive, massive Mohamed Salah void? Uh, whoever wants to take it I'm, first. I'm going to just go first for that because I have a solution straight in my head already. Not saying it's right or wrong, obviously. Um, I'm going to keep banging the Harvey Elliott drum. So I, I think he should start. Um, I know we're going to see McAllister back in that team. Um, what I do think that means, though, is if you've got a midfielder of Jones, McAllister and Harvey Elliott, you lose a bit of that vertical physicality and high intensity. I think that naturally reintroduces someone like Gakpo and his technical ability back into the team, because rather than us trying to have basketball matches whilst Mo's away, I would rather us have a controlled possession style of play and just knock on the door in a controlled way until we get the goal. Because I'm sure all of us here don't care about winning 4-0. I would take two or three 1-0 wins uh, whilst Mo is absent. So uh, that would be my two changes. I would I would bring... McAllister comes in anyway, but Elliot in um, for Sabozlai's position and Gakpo on the left, just so we can look after the ball better. Uh, guys, we're, yeah. we're coming up to the last few minutes of the show. We're very close to 250 likes. I like this ratio. You're such an amazing audience. Uh, this is a better ratio. This is more Jota-like, you know, uh, yeah. finishing percentages. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to go to Cav and then Conroy and then Evan. Cav, solve the Mohamed Salah puzzle, please, if you may. You're on mute, Cav. Sorry. Um, Elliot would have been uh, the replacement for Salah for me, but the uh, Soboslai injury is a bit of a... Mm a bit of a knock-on impact to, to them because you've got to fill that void that's left by him in the right-sided eight position. So um, I would perhaps experiment with putting Diaz on the right uh, and, put, and put, put Gakpo on the left. Um, and I've, 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 I've wanted to see Diaz on the right for a while, to be honest with you, because I just think he'll offer both that, um, that option to hit the byline and put crosses in and also try and... Um, you know, play inside as well. I also think he'll benefit with his work rate, Trent, and that position he may occupy and the shift around we have to do on that right side. Trent is going to be key. I know he's always key, but he's going to be even more key now for uh, continuing to create them chances and and dominate that right side even more in the absence of Salah. So um, a little bit of a rejig. I think we'll probably see Gakpo on the left. We'll probably see Gakpo midfield. His versatility is going to be huge. Um, and then Jota... Depends how fit he is um, as to how much he plays. We've seen him play on the right a few years back, but um, I would be I'd be more inclined to see him on the left or up top and try and rejig other players onto that right side. Um, but 
in that period where we, we were at Endo and we were without Salah, we're playing in all the competitions by the Europa League, I believe. So it's how seriously we take them and it's how the games uh, unfold, I guess. You know, we've got Arsenal right away and then we've got Fulham in a two-leg tie. So it depends how much you want to rotate and, and how strong he's going to go in them competitions. Uh, we've got a good chance at, at them all now, but it's, it's he's got a... I don't think target one, but he's got to take it game by game and see who's available because players are going to return from injury and players are going to drop as well. So you can come up with a lineup now, but it really is going to change, I think, game by game, to be honest with you. Guys, just very quickly, uh, just something something totally random someone just sent me. Mohamed Salah's sofa score rating, even though he missed a penalty. Quick, quick, quick. Yes, guys, score one by one, quick. F? 9.5. 9.3 Salah 9.2 Yeah, 9.2 as well 9.2 That is insane Absolutely insane anyway, that's, uh, spe- spe- Speaking of data, Grizz Liverpool broke the XG record today yeah. I don't know if that was mentioned before yeah. I came on And we are absolutely sick For only scoring four That makes me sick oh, wait, How do you only good. score four? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, who cares about XG? Nobody cares about that. Um, uh, <laughs> let me. Conroy. Uh, how, how, how I would... No, you're last. Do you want me to... Oh, you're I go last. last. Okay. Conroy, how do we solve in your in your head the, the Mohamed Salah conundrum? Absence of Mohamed Salah conundrum. Yeah, it's... I think Jota will play down the middle. Yeah. Um, and I think between me, it's either... Nunes on the left, but I think because Gakpo has done okay there, I think either of them on the left, because I just think Gakpo, when he plays on the right, he's just, he's not, it, it's just, it just doesn't work there. I would say it would either be Elliot or Diaz on the right. You know, I might surprise people, I'd probably go with Diaz, to be honest, because I think he's in after today, and he, he can do a job on the right, like you think about his assist against Arsenal at the Emirates, like he actually isn't just like a passenger out there, he actually can do a job. So for me, I would probably lean towards that, but I wouldn't be surprised if Elliot got the nod um, and I know, you know, Mush has mentioned, with Elliot's form, you couldn't really disagree with that. Even though it's a slightly different position, I think he'd probably still deserve that. Okay, so it seems to be Jota and then Diaz, uh, the consensus so far. Evan? Harvey Elliott is sort of like the natural answer i think and i I think when you don't have salah on the pitch that right wing position becomes very fluid sort of like it it, whoever's playing on the right-handed right-handed side of central midfield and whoever's playing right wing it just becomes sort of molds into and, and, and becomes one i would kind of be tempted to play jota on the right wing with harvey kind of in behind him it's it's not everyone's favorite and I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. Like, you know, you guys have presented a variety of options. Obviously, Gakpo, I think, becomes a starter in, in, in this situation. He sort of finds a way to play. And you got to try to get Jota on the pitch as well. I mean, these are nice headaches to have, isn't it? It's a, it's a nice headache to have when you're trying to choose between, oh, Gakpo or Jota. And on, on Gakpo, you know, we already had our Darwin discussion, so so I'll park it there. But for me, even beyond the goal, the goal scoring chance conversion things, my my biggest issue with Darwin Nunez is that he's not as good of a footballer as Cody Gakpo is. I think Cody Gakpo does everything better than Darwin Nunez 
um, or just as good as him. I'd say the only drawback is he's not the same physical specimen in terms of top speed or vertical leap, leap or whatever. But Gakpo is a versatile option who can come in. And I also just want to point out that if Egypt fail to get out of the group stage, Salah only ends up missing one Premier League game. So it, it's it's worth noting repeat that, the that, dependent, repeat, that again, repeat that again. Sorry, I'm pr I'm pretty sure if if Egypt failed to get out of the group stages, ah. which is possible considering they're kind of dreadful, uh, Salah will only end up missing a maximum of one Premier League game. I believe that's what my dad told me yesterday. So there are factors outside of our your control. father is your father is absolutely spot on, but the chances of Egypt not coming out of the group that they've been put in is 10 to 15 percent so how, how did, who did they get oh who they, did they get they, zimbabwe um ghana's the, the the next rated team and the top and the two teams go through so it's like nailed on that they will qualify unfortunately i mean egypt were horrific the last tournament because i watched it yeah they got to the final well hopefully i've done the gris jinx hopefully i've done the gris jinx I, I saw I saw a tweet earlier where some guy was saying AFCON, even more than other international tournaments, seems to defy all logic in the sense that how, how many star-studded uh, African teams have gone to AFCON on paper, supposed to be walking the tournament, and yeah, then they yeah. lose to Zimbabwe, for, for, <laughs> for example. You know, it's just, it's it, it really is a tournament that, that really throws logic out the window. Yeah, well, let's see. I mean, listen. We have to. I think we're getting to the nervous, nervous territory now. We're, we're January the first. We're top of the table. We we've discussed whether we're two points ahead. Well, technically, we are two points ahead of the next best team. Um, but in theory, in in footballing realistic terms, we're five clear now of Arsenal and five clear of City. But City have a game in hand, and that essentially means two point lead. But my God, would we have taken this, people? At the start of the season, during the summer, during all our shows of frustration, where's the midfielders? Where's the re where's the renovation of the team? Where's our defender? Everything else, we would have taken this, and this is where we are right now. And now we, I believe, guys, I believe the next seven games are the most pivotal seven games of the season so far. I know everyone talks about the start, the middle, and the Christmas period, or the end. It's this next seven games, league games, that are the most pivotal, I believe, in this title race. If after the next seven games, we are still within a point or leading, deep breaths, deep breaths. Uh, I'd like to thank Evan, I'd like to thank Conroy, I'd like to thank Cav, and I'd like to thank Mush for making his debut. Hope he's enjoyed it. We will see much more of Mush. Really appreciate you coming on. I'd like to appreciate the chat. 400 of you still in here. Amazing. On New Year's Day, coming up to whatever time it is. We have reached 250 likes. You guys are absolute legends of the game. Um, and we appreciate you all. Don't forget to check out our sponsors for all your banners, prints, cards. This has been Redfellas on a Monday, not on a Sunday. But it's one of those weeks where just everyone's confused, right? Because that's what happens. We don't know what time of day is, what time of night is, which continent we're in. But what we do know is Liverpool is on top of the table. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Over and out. Take it.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.